Okay, uh, welcome to our community. This is Saratoga Best. We are launching a series. A minute ago we said we think. We are launching a series called Feminine Life in honor of Chafei Shvat, Feminine Life. And it's all about um, the, the, we were saying that um, there's a woman that is ushering in the Geula. Her passing ends up being the passing that, that for his Salkus, that usher, begins the last phase to usher in the Geula. And you ask, why would it be a woman? Because the feminine energy is the predominant energy in Yemaisa Mashiach. So obviously it's going to be a woman that ushers it in. Now we know that it's all women in the merit of righteous women that usher it in, but we never thought there would be one particular woman, and now we know that and we understand that. And one of the things we want to say about the feminine energy, feminine leadership is, what we don't want to do is what we see in the world, is, which is become better men than men. In feminine, you know, you know, in female bodies, better men than men. So obviously the way all the feminine leadership is being done um, is not the Rebbe's way. It's not, the, it's not really the Torah way. And we want to figure out what it is, and we want to put brain on it with women, with groups of women, and really create a global effect in which women all over the world are, are creating groups and for bringing on what is actual feminine leadership, how do we step into it, how do we step into our full power, which is a unique kind of power. It's not a, ma- a male power, masculine power. And then when we do that, we will conquer the world in the feminine nurturing way. So here's the question. That what? Right, right, because the Keva Tesav is Gever, the feminine energy will rise to the top um, and will surround the masculine energy, but it really needs to be done smart. So everybody sort of learns the, high, the hard way, whoever is Baruch Hashem married, everyone learns the hard way that since you have an edge in this generation without having to do anything, you can tell the male people in your life what to do. And everybody learned the hard way that it doesn't work so well. Or at all. Doesn't work. Doesn't work at all. That means, so one second, when it says, a woman was given a great wisdom. So she figures, I'm just going to tell him, listen to me, I'm wise. Especially since it says in the Chumash, everything that Sarah says to you, listen to her. But what we didn't realize is, you have to be very smart how you let him, don't let him know that you're, you know, it's like one of the, one of the things we can do is learn from Spartic women. Because they know how to run, somebody once said, they run the country. They run the whole society. And the men never figured it out. Right? right? They're smart. They're very smart. Ashkenazic women, we just say, this is the way it is. You have to listen to me. I know better, etc. Forget it with ketchup. But the Spartic women, they're smart. They, they've been doing this for generations. Because they do it and they also respect their husband at the same time. Aha. Uh-huh. Interesting. Interesting. If Interesting. you do what you do, what you have to do, you do it because, uh, I'm sorry. So here we, I'm just going to recap. We had someone who said, yes, in the, in the Spartic world, the women know how, the women know how to really be behind the scenes and run, run the country. And she's saying because the women know how to respect the men. So now let's transfer that back to the generations. We have six generations. The, we're going back to the Sikha, the Rebbe is speaking about, the Lubavitcher Rebbe is speaking about, that there are three phases in the Avaida of the Rebbe Rayat. The Rebbe Rayat is the one that represents 
all six generations of Chabad, all of Gullus, all the way back to the beginning to Avram Avinu. The, the, the masculine part of history. The masculine part of history, which ended on the dot on Yud Shvat Tavshin Yud. All of them, all of a few thousand years of the masculine energy of history. Not only men were in charge, but it was the masculine way. If you run a school, if you're a teacher, you tell the child, sit down and be quiet, and he becomes a giant. You know, he grows up to be a giant. The feminine way is, you know, come on, nurture him. Did you notice that, could you be a teacher today and say to all the children, sit down and be quiet, and they'll become giants? Oh, no. No. Although, it's interesting. So they all, chas If you tell them they have value, right. so they will. Right. And that's the fe- feminine way. You know, to, to, that's the way of, the Rebbe speaks about the idea of shofet and yoy. The shofet is the one who says the rule. Everybody has to be quiet right now. Everybody has to sit down. Everybody has to drink their milk. Everybody has to eat the, you know, eat their sandwich right now. And the, and the Yoetz way is, Yoetz is the advisor that, that coaches you through a process so that you don't think anybody told you anything. You just thought you came to it on your own. You don't even feel the Yoetz. That's the ultimate feminine way. You don't, you think, well, you know, I decided that I'm going to start eating vegetarian. I don't know. You're t- I decided I'm going to start to take, I decided I'm going to start to do chitas. I don't know. Whenever we told you, you have to do chitas, you have to do chitas. You know, I want to say, yeah. Yeah, I have a question about so, so, wait. So, what we're saying is this idea of, you know, women respect, women, Sephardic women respecting their husbands, and therefore they're able to sort of run the country and run the society. So it's interesting because if we're talking about six generations, uh, uh, really all of Jewish history, um, which was the masculine energy, um, and now we're in the seventh generation, and it's a very feminine time, we didn't come out of nowhere. We are the midgets on the, the shoulders of giants. So we are a generation, a feminine generation, that has been empowered by all those generations before. So we are the women, so to speak. We are the feminine that has been empowered by the masculine. We went through many, 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 many masculine generations, and here we are on their shoulders. So that explains why, you know, we want to respect. We, we, we often look back on things that people did 100 years ago and say, oh, my goodness, who could do that stuff? Why did they think that stuff? But that was about the best that they could do at that point in history. And they have given us the ability to move forward without all that baggage. So we sort of want to respect all the generations before. That You know what? You see it in young people come along and say, yeah, I feel like I have, we're much more liberated than our mothers were. They always say that. Right. And like, hello, you know, this was the best that we were given in terms of tools then. Right? You know, you're going to drive into the crazy house. You know, this is the best that we were given in terms of tools where nobody would do that today. So there's a feeling of I would, you know, what I have, I just made up myself. Everything's based on what came before. So we want to give really, give a lot of respect to what was in, in the, in the six generations before us. So, so when, when the Rebbe says that, that there are three phases in the, in the phase of Rebbe's life, one is, you, the, the, we're, the, uh, of 10, which ends on Yud Shvat, which prepares the world to 
finally taken this incredible revelation, and now we're saying it's a feminine revelation. It's a revelation that automatically makes every one of us into nurturers. In fact, imagine the ultimate is wherever we go, people somehow feel enabled. Imagine you walk wherever you walk, you get in a taxi, and the person says, I don't know, you know, I think I think I want to do better in my life. Why why does why does the taxi driver say that? Didn't say that to the other customer. You sat in the back and suddenly they yeah, yeah, women, women, women. Yeah, yeah. Right. Jewish, Jewish women. A Jewish woman sits in the back and she wants to be such a light that she just sits there. She's not even talking to the taxi driver. And suddenly the taxi driver says, I feel like I want to better my life. Interesting. How did that come? They felt your light. Who was talking the other day about, you know, there are certain people, you know, you feel their light. We're, we are supposed to be that. We want to ultimately not have to talk. You know, it gets tiring talking so much. And I don't mean just text. That's not what I mean. We want to we want to not have to talk. Just wherever we go, we exude light. And people feel, we don't want them to feel, wow, you're amazing. Who needs that? Right? Who needs that? We want them to feel they are amazing. Somebody once said, she said, I sat at a dinner between two statesmen on my right was a person who I realized this is a person of greatness. And on my left, there was a person that when I sat beside them, I felt that I have greatness. The masculine way is, whoa, that person is amazing. And the feminine way is, wow, I have all this potential. Somehow they make you feel like you have potential. Because we know the Rebbe looks at us and says, Arachmanis, what small amount of your potential you're using, Right? You know, what is it, 1%, right, 1%, one sec, wait, you want to wait one second and I'll, yeah. So phase one is the world has to be ready, you know, 10. 11 is now you pour in all this feminine energy. You know, the man is kind of in the box, very, you know, straight, you know. Here's an example. Rabbi Jacobson gives this example. A woman and a man get together, and they're sitting and eating, and she says, you know, um, the sink doesn't work. And he thinks, sink. Sink, plumber, plumber, sink, plumber. And then she says, you know, it's interesting because our son in yeshiva, I don't know if he's in the right class. And he's thinking, class, yeshiva, yeshiva, class, aha. And then she says, but really, um, I don't know, when I'm trying to get a winter coat, you know, and he's thinking, winter coat, winter coat. And he can't understand how it changed from topic to topic. And she's, you know, she's just blending it all Together, my husband once showed me a picture of um, train tracks all interconnected, one big glob, and I said, amazing, and he said, serious, it's horrifying, right? So the feminine energy is just merging everything together. It's not orderly. It's just, it's an 11 energy. Right. Right, that's harmony. Everything blending together in a very creative way. The way Hashem is doing the world now doesn't look like it's going to Geula. And Hashem says, from a feminine perspective, it's going fine. It's so creative that we can't figure it out. Right? But then you watch these pieces of news and you say, interesting. I mean, I'm not going to say them on the recording, but with Kamala Harris and this and that, you know, different things. Interesting, but. Okay. So the first phase is the phase of 10. The second phase is, is the phase of 11. So Yud Shvat is the phase that finishes 10. 
Yud Shvat is when you uh, is the next day, and then twenty two is eleven from above and eleven from below. When the world begins to walk and think with what it says in Tyrus, with the Rebbe Tyrus. What is twenty two? Chafei Shvat. Whose day is Chafei Shvat? Rebbe Tzinchayimoshka. She's the one who begins the last tekufa, the last. How do you say it in English? Shlav era to usher in the geula. Why a woman? Okay, so here's another thing. Why a woman? Okay, because very simple. Why are we ushering in the geula? Because Hashem said He wants a what? Dear betachtani. He wants an apartment, a home down here. Okay. Now, He can take a male decorator or a female decorator. I, ha- I have a little audio that's called Soft with Lace. And before I say it, I'm, it's, it's based on this idea. Baruch Hashem, I have four boys with Lace. I have four boys, Baruch Hashem, and then I had, thank God, two girls. So when my first daughter was born, you know, it was a big, wow, we weren't used to the feminine energy. So my second son asked me, what is the function of that piece of lace around her socks? <laughs> He couldn't understand. Why do you need a piece of lace? Does it make them warmer? What is the function of the piece of lace around his, around her sock? Right? He couldn't relate to the, the female energy. We, or boys, we all have socks, warmer socks, colder socks. What is the function of that piece of lace? So, this idea of, 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 um, okay, so we're saying, if Hashem, he's saying, I want to live in this world. I want a home in this world. Good. Now, you need a decorator. You know, once you move into a new house, you don't have to gut it. But you are going to decorate it. So, should he take a, this is the ultimate home. Should he take, should he take a male decorator or a female decorator? If he takes a male decorator, it will be very basic. Functional. Functional. Chairs, table. No lace. No lace. Basic socks, basic table, it works. Basic chairs, they work. Basic refrigerator, basic this, everything basic, it works. That's if you take a male decorator. If you take a female decorator, there will always be pieces of lace in places where it doesn't have any function. It'll be more creative. Cozy, cozy. I remember one time, I remember one time, you know, that, that what? It does have a function, but a female function. A can realize what's the function of it. Right. right. Like, his chokma is not able to think about One second. I'm just going to say this. So, this this idea of, of um, you, is Hashem going to choose a decorator that's masculine or feminine for his ultimate home? If he, choose, if he chooses a masculine one, he waited all this time for a basic dira b'tachtainim. Seriously? You could have had that 3,000 years ago. If he's going to do it, he wants it, well, I call it cozy. I was saying once we were, every year when we would go to the bungalow colony for the summer, I would come with my curtains. I would come with curtains and little, little things that I would put on the table, on, on the windows. And I remember somebody walked in and said, oh, wow, it's really, and my husband said, yeah, you seem to be able to create this thing that you call cozy. Now, co- right? The cozy thing with the schmatas on the with the schmatas on the window. The schmatas on the window, etc. 
but it creates this feeling of cozy. And cozy is, ah, you know, you know, not just you can go to sleep, but you want to be there and you want to expand. It's very expansive. It says that, I, that there are three things that expand the dots of a man. And it's, what is it? Kaylin Nine, beautiful, Isha uh, beautiful wife. So nobody gets scared. We'll see what it really means. Beautiful wife, um, Kaylin Nine, Dirana, beautiful home, and Isha a beautiful wife and beautiful vessel. Three things. So who is this man? And once he has it, by the way, he has this expansive dot. He has this expansiveness in his brain. We always say, have you ever watched big Torah teachers, real geniuses of teachers, being fascinated by the garbage truck? We always watch it. We've seen a number of scholars. When the garbage truck comes along, they, they get stuck and they just watch it for five minutes. I don't find it interesting to watch garbage trucks. Garbage, such construction. Construction. Oh construction. construction. They can stand there for half an hour and watch construction. Oh, okay. They need to make sure everything is functioning. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but but but. No, but there's something about the masculine energy, right? So the women have a feeling for how to make things cozy. And the men have a feeling for how to make things basic. And, and Hashem says, this time I want kachavatadat. I want expansiveness. If we're going to have a contracted geula, we could have done it a few thousand years ago. We want, Hashem says, I want the most expansive geula. His expansive geula, if he has an expansive home, it means all of us become expansive forever. Did we do all of this? Did people give their, their lives al kiddush Hashem to still be contracted? No. Who needs this? We already know about contracted. The whole thing about Google is an infinite expansiveness in a way that's very nurturing and very cozy. When we think about expansiveness, we feel scared. This is a cozy expansiveness. It feels so warm and yummy, you just want to expand more. When somebody says, you know, right, I have children who said, I hated when they would say to me, you know, um, the teachers would say, you're not using your potential. It didn't feel warm and cozy. There's, right, there's obviously, right, exactly. There's obviously a warm, cozy way. Teach me how, right, teach me how to use my expansiveness or my potential, right. So it really means step-by-step support. It's different from just telling them, you're not using your potential. Thank you very much. I heard it 5,000 times. I hate hearing it. That's like today where everyone needs to give the tools to girls. Right, to. To girls. To have tools to be able to serve Hashem, to be able to, to have confidence, uh, you know. And be able to, and do it in an expansive way, in a, right. Yeah. In a, yeah. So the question is, who are these women? Who is this wife of Hashem? He said, when I am moving into my new home, I want it to be in the most expansive way, and I want to be as expansive as I can. If, if he decides to be as expansive as he can in Geula, guess what that does to us? Now, for that kind of a Geula, you have, you have an appetite, right? So he's saying, therefore, my wife, Hashem is saying, his wife needs to be a beautiful wife, a um, beautiful vessel, and beautiful uh, home. So what means a, what are beautiful vessels? For a mitzvah. Not just do the mitzvah, you know, the basic way, but do it in a beautiful way. 
the Hidur. And a beautiful home means somehow we, you know, all of the things, this is kind of what we want to have worldwide groups training on. What does that mean? If we're making the beautiful home, not as a should, like dreaming, you know, we don't need should everybody. You should be doing, like, if shuts people down. What does it mean that we're making a beautiful home? And, and, and what does it mean being a beautiful wife? That somehow we're, we're getting it and we're doing, we're doing it the way that Hashem is saying, yeah, you know, you're exactly what I was looking for. So, so now we understand why it's a woman and it's not just a woman, one woman, a woman that ushers, that begins the last tekufa. Why it's one woman that begins the the last phase to usher in the geula? Because Hashem says, I want the female decorator. So I want the woman who makes this home, that sets this home up to be the kind of home that I will want all the time. You know, these days when you decorate a Chabad house, you need to know your crowd. You know, my neighbor says, her children, they decorate, her daughter-in-law decorate, you know, everything's like, whatever it is, gray marble, whatever it is. They know their crowd. They know their crowd. You need to, if you're making a Chabad house, you need to decorate it according to the crowd. So, because that's what's going to make them feel cozy. I know a woman, I know a woman who came into my house one time and she said, American, yodim ekolis ech nisaderet, how do you say, uh, uh, towels. It's a book. I was thinking what must be that her mother used to have. She said Americans know how to how to how to arrange their towels. I guess she went into the bathroom and it was my daughter who had them all like lined up, you know, like that. And it, I'm thinking, what's the big deal about arranging towels? Come on. But what is the big thing? Clearly, this woman's mother used to have the towels, you know, lined up. And when she walked into my bathroom, she saw the towels like that. She's like, wow, this is an amazing place. So you... You never have told us, put your towels like this, and then you'll have a good life. But, right, but I'm just saying, this woman, clearly, you never know when somebody walks into your home. The one thing that makes them feel cozy... Like your coffee is out on the corner, but in the, on the counter, but in the corner. And they remember that from their childhood. And that makes them feel safe and protected and warm. You happen to have that, boom. That's what you see in Shuba stories. People will say the, the weirdest things that make them feel warm and cozy. Warm and cozy is a feminine energy. Men are not looking to make things warm and cozy. They, like you said, they, they can't because you know, there's the tiger, and the family is standing there, and you need to eliminate the tar- tar- tiger right away. If the man's going to say, "I need to, I need to feel warm and cozy before I can do it," he can. I remember being in lab in university where we had to, what's called pit a frog. You know what pit a frog is? <coughs> you have to dissect a frog. You have to take a big pin and go bang, kill the kill the frog, and then open it up. Everybody in the class, nobody was Jewish except for me. Everybody in the class just did it. And as I did, I went, ah! And they all stared at me like I was crazy. There were lots of females in the class. Right, there were lots of females in the class. They just 
boom. The teacher said, right? Yeah, yeah. I was going, ah, I, can't, I couldn't do it. So there's something very even feminine about Yiddishkeit. When you're Jewish, you're already a Jewish mother, even if you're a man. You know, relative to all the men in the world, the Jewish men are considered like mothers. You know what I'm saying? So, how much more so if we're the mothers of the world? And by the way, and by the way, I used to say to, you know, girls, if you feel that your mother wasn't perfect or isn't perfect, which nobody has a perfect mother, don't worry. Rebbe Tzimchan is your real mother. And Rebbe Tzimchan is your Rebbe Tzimchan said, all the, all the Jewish people are all, 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 are, are our children. Right? When that child asked the Rebbe Tzimchan, Rebbe Tzimchan, where are your children? She said, what did she say exactly? All of the, all of Chazinim or all Jewish people or something are our children. Yeah. Right. All of them. So that, so she's our mother. If we're her children, she's our mother. So, and what's amazing, I just want to end with this Nakuda is, uh, since everybody has imperfect mothers, no problem because imagine, and I'm going to give you one tool. Imagine if you, you know how people outsource things? Let's say you're a very good teacher, but you don't know how to advertise or you don't know how to write. So you outsource it. In India, you get them to write something up for you. Outsource. You get somebody else to do it for you. We want to imagine that all the mothers in the world outsource, and we want to feel for ourselves too. You know, gee, I'm very good at this, but I don't make gourmet meals for my family. So you outsource it. In Chabad houses today, what do you think? They cook you know, whatever they can do, they get somebody else to do it. So it looks like all the mothers of the world, imagine, we could imagine on ourselves too. They say, this I'm not good at, so I outsource. So really, I've outsourced all to Rebbe Zinchayimushka, all the parts that I'm not good at. And really, if I really realize Rebbe Zinchayimushka, Rebbe Zinchana, Chava, sorry, Rifka, Ruffle, and Leah, they are our mothers. They're doing a perfect job which means I am safe, cozy, warm, safe, cozy, warm, protected, enabled, all the things that I ever wanted. My mother doesn't have to do it alone. She has a lot of partners. Whatever she can't do, they fill in. And she just helps them. With something, with something. always have me. And we always have, and each person will have something. So if that's the case, are we being, number one, are we being nurtured to the fullest extent that we need? Are we safe, warm, cozy as much as we we could possibly want? Yes, because I don't just have one mother. I have Revit and Chaimusha, Revit and Chana, Rifka, Rachel, and Leah, and Chava, and Kochai. I've got the top, the top, 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 top mothers. One, one is much and one completes the other. That's number one. And number two, then I am, as a nurturer of the world, doing perfect jobs. So anyway, may we find ourselves ushering in the Gulamitzvashlem in the feminine way, uh, in the best way possible, and find ourselves in the base of Mikdash Shlishi.